Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Big stories that uh, are getting kind of ignored by the election. And this one does deserve some attention because the flags, the red flags were flying everywhere and they were ignored. And we're starting to learn the the staggering details of what looks like a systematic breakdown uh, that led to a decades-long killing spree. And now there's an inquiry underway into Elizabeth Wettelofer. She is that nurse who went on a killing spree uh, where she preyed upon the elderly and frail patients she should have been caring for. And this all started back in 1995. And it was very clear that this person had no business being around or caring for those who are most vulnerable. Because Wettlaufer, as we're learning, was not only fired from her first job as a student nurse because she OD'd on drugs she stole from the hospital. And now she's not fired by that. She just moved on to the next job. And over a decade, she'd work at six more facilities where she'd be punished nine more times for incompetence, medical mistakes. And then she'd get brought back again and again. And then eventually in 2014, she was fired. And her union fought for her. She'd get a voluntary resignation. Oh, a $2,000 settlement and a letter of recommendation. And that whole time, while these red flags are waving, seven people in her care are killed. Think about that. Even the coroner's office was tipped off about two of the deaths saying they're questionable. And they ignored it. Not to mention she had 130 complaints against her. 130 complaints. And the union protected her. I mean, this story is just mind-boggling. I want to bring in Kelly Grant, who is a health reporter with The Globe and Mail. She's been covering this inquiry. She joins me now. Hi there. Hi, Alex. So I kind of uh, wanted to give a background on it. And, And when I was reading some of the stuff that we're learning in this inquiry, it's quite astonishing that no one, no one thought to act. What are you learning? So it's really quite staggering just the sheer number of complaints against her, not for anything that would hint at her having killed these patients, but just at her clearly having been a very bad nurse, Mm -hmm. medication errors, um, treating patients poorly, um, clashing with her colleagues, um, having this sort of early, very early OD issue back in 1995 when she was working at the Geraldton District Hospital. Um, the list is really quite long and quite staggering. And um, as you said, uh, you know, she, she remained employed until eventually the day she confessed to these murders. What are you hearing? You're at the inquiry. Are, are there family members hearing this? So there are some, yes. Now, I should say I was at the inquiry in person in St. Thomas yesterday. I wasn't yeah. there today, but they are actually, and this is a great thing probably for your listeners to know, is that they're being really public with the inquiry and all the testimonies being webcast every day. Every document that's being presented at the inquiry is available on the doc- on the inquiry's website. So it's actually fairly easy to follow along if you can't be in St. Thomas. So, But that said, there are some families who um, are are at the inquiry yesterday when I was there, um, our Pat Horvath Jr., who's the son of the final victim who uh, who was murdered in London, was there. 
um, a couple of good friends of Mo Granat, who was one of the early victims in Woodstock, and Beverly Bertram, who was one of the attempted murder victims who survived, mm-hmm. the last person who uh, uh, Wetlaw attempted to kill. She was uh, at the inquiry yesterday uh, in the public gallery. You, you can only imagine how they feel listening to this, knowing full well that had either the Ontario Nursing Association or somebody, oh, somebody just acted on these red flags. Or why didn't anyone just say, look, you're not competent enough to be a nurse. You don't have the skills, let alone the humanity, to deal with these vulnerable people. Why was it ignored so long? Well, it seems like there are a, a couple of different reasons Um and this is based on part of it. There was testimony today um, from the former administrator of the home who retired shortly before um, Ms. Wetlaffer confessed. And a couple of things seemed to be raised in the testimony. One was that the home was chronically staffed and had a very hard time finding nurses at all, particularly any nurses who would work the night shift. And Wetlaffer often worked the night shift. And the regulation in Ontario requires that there be an RN at the home at all times. And so, you know, the home is very aware that, you know, you sort of had to have somebody, anybody in that RN role. Uh, so that was one thing. Um, another thing was that, you know, uh, this administrator did mention in her testimony a couple of times that, you know, she, that Wetlawford could have a good side and that she, you know, could often have a smile and could often be kind to patients and that, you know, she did have, there were things about her that uh, were positive along with all the many, many, many um, negatives. Um, well, that's because so- she was likely a psychopath. I mean, <laughs> and I say that, and it sounds funny, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, Dellen Millard could also come off as a nice guy, and he was, mm-hmm. you know, uh, out there killing Tim Bosman and those people. But mm-hmm. again, there were enough signs that I think when people from the public hear this, they think, well, gee, I've got a loved one in elder care or senior care. Are they so short-staffed that they're willing to put anybody in charge of our loved ones? Well, I think one of the things that came out um, with the release of just tens of thousands of pages of documents yesterday that I think really kind of captures this well is that after Wellhofer was fired from the Crescent Care Home in Woodstock, and you spoke earlier about the fact that, you know, she grieved her firing, um, the union supported her, she got a settlement, and she got um, a letter saying that, you know, she had resigned for personal reasons as opposed to having been actually fired from the job. But that settlement wasn't finalized until June of 2014. And she was actually fired at the end of March 2014. And two weeks later, she was hired by the Meadow Park Home in London. And during the course of that interview, she said she told the Meadow Park Home that she had, in fact, been dismissed from medication error. Now, my guess is that she didn't sort of explain the full extent of the problems that she ran into while she was in Woodstock. But nonetheless, the, the documents that came out yesterday indicate that Meadow Park hired her the next day. Right. That, that even knowing they had in front of them a nurse who had been fired for making a medication error at her last job, they seemed so desperate for staff that they hired her regardless. And I don't want to lay this on frontline nurses because there's too many good ones out there. And I know that Mm -hmm. they are put under enormous amounts of pressure. And there is a chronic shortage, uh, which hopefully will turn around after the election. But uh, the bottom line is someone needs to be held to account. And I would have to think that uh, there will be some in in that inquiry that would want maybe some civil action. And I would think that they may look to the union or or the facilities that ignored the warnings. So now there are two civil suits that have been filed by families of the victims, 
and the suits had been laid against the, the homes and the larger companies that own the home. Mm-hmm. Um, as I understand it, those suits, um, it, not, not that they're exactly on hold, but I don't think there has been a ton of progress with them. Mm-hmm. And the, again, as I understand it, and I'm not a lawyer, the, yeah. the recommendations that the commissioner makes in the, ultimately in the inquiry, and the commissioner is going to release a big report with, with recommendations for how to improve the system next summer, that those recommendations can't be used directly in a civil case, but that any of the evidence that comes forward, um, that that evidence could be used as evidence in the civil case. Right. So, but but at um, some point, though, Kelly, I would have to think that the unions, the unions have to at some point be held to account because it's one thing to protect an employee and make sure that their rights are protected. There's another thing in protecting a bad apple uh, who is not just a, a danger uh, to patients, but is, is going to give other nurses and other frontline workers a bad name. Well, I think the Ontario Nurses Association is, along with the homes going to get, I suspect, a fairly rough ride yeah. when they when they testify this inquiry. So what's happening, you know, this this administrator from Crescent Care testified today and then beginning tomorrow, lawyers for the seventeen different groups that have standing have the opportunity to cross examine the witness. So I'm not hundred percent sure everyone will take that opportunity, but you know, surely some will, and I suspect that the you know some of the witnesses will get a rough ride, and and when it is uh, Ona's turn, they may as well. Well, you know, this is not just a you know a, a little mistake that was missed. When you look at the 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 clear pattern from 1995 onward, uh, and to think that had just one person acted and done the right thing. Uh, many of those people could have likely, if not all, uh, been been saved, and it didn't have to happen. It breaks my heart because we hear these stories, and certainly if your background is in, in health coverage, you know around Ontario that we have a serious issue with elder care, um, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of uh, um, workers, whether they're personal workers that care for these patients. We've had too many reports of them not doing their jobs and or uh, patients being uh, victimized. Well, I think there's going to be a real wake-up call um, as things come out during this inquiry is my is my guess. Um, I mean, the murders themselves were obviously a huge wake-up call, but yeah. to just see on the first day when essentially the results of the inquiry's investigations at the various parts of the system, uh, to see all that information dumped at once and to see the chronology of the number of times that Elizabeth Wetlaufer got in trouble, yeah. um, seeing the sort of accumulation of the evidence kind of dumped on you all at once was really, I have to say, it was pretty staggering. It is staggering. Well, I'm glad you're covering it, and I thank you so much for coming on. And, of course, uh, if you want to read Kelly's article, you can read that. It'll be in the, it's in the Globe. Okay, Correct? thanks very much, Alex. Thanks for joining me, Kelly. Uh, but, you look, Kelly covers this for, for her living. This is her, her domain, but it, it is... Uh, it's unacceptable. I've just had too many guests on or I've covered this issue for too long where we hear about seniors who are put into care, put into facilities, and then we hear the stories, whether they're abused, they're degraded, they're left uh, you know, to care for themselves. We hear it all the time. And frankly, it should have been an election issue because senior care in this province is absolutely disgraceful. And I hope this inquiry finally is a wake-up call that something has to be done because it's absolutely unacceptable that this could have happened or that any senior that we put in or who we put into care is treated like this. And I don't blame this at the feet of the nurses. I know too many good ones, too many good care workers, but there's too many bad ones that are in the system and who are protected and defended by the unions who should at some point look in the mirror and say, you know what? We're cutting our losses. We're not going to defend you. Once is once. 
But to have someone defended this many times, this many times, sorry, doesn't fly. We'll keep following this uh, inquiry and see where it goes, but I hope to God we see some changes. I'm Alex Pearson, and you are listening to Global News Radio.